what is going on everyone my name is andy welcome back to another fpl video in this one it's some of my early thoughts ahead of game week six so i'm going to go through my watch list players plus some of the notes that i made over the weekend if you are enjoying these videos make sure to give them a like and help me hit 400,000 subscribers if you haven't already checked out fantasy football hub all the links you need are in the description below at the moment they've got a seven day free trial and 30 percent off so it's still a great time to get signed up to help you over the course of this season like i said all the links you need in the description below otherwise let's jump into it so let's start off by talking about sven botman and really we're just going to be talking about the newcastle defense in general who picked up their first clean sheet against brentford at home in game week five and i discussed last week that the underlying stats were looking pretty good for them i don't think it's any surprise that they've now picked up a clean sheet even though they played kind of Villa, Man City, Liverpool and Brighton, they still have pretty good numbers and they have done for a long time. I know there was that stat going around that they'd only kept like two clean sheets in 20 games and obviously that's extremely unfortunate from an FPL point of view. They were always going to start picking up clean sheets. It's about making that bet when that's going to happen so for anyone that did it from game week five probably absolutely loving life right now picked up a clean sheet in a week where not many people have got points but for anyone else that doesn't have newcastle defenders game week six onwards is the time to start thinking about it and there are some issues starting to crop up so arsenal play spurs at home this week that's going to be difficult for a clean sheet uh chilwell obviously didn't start against bournemouth that might be a problem estupinian wasn't in the squad at all against man united he'll probably be fine for game week six but there are things that people are starting to think about and we might now need a defender transfer when possibly haven't needed too many over the first few weeks obviously depending on how your team was set out. those of you with kind of luke shaw reese james john stones and gabrielle in game week one fair enough but some of us have not had to make that many defender transfers we got pretty lucky so if you are looking to make one from game week six onwards i don't really see any reason for it not to be a Newcastle defender. The only team which I think has got a really good fixture this week that you could consider is Man City defenders because they've got Nottingham Forest at home. But unless you want to go for someone like Ruben Diaz, I guess, depending on how much money you've got to spend, there is the threat of possible rotation going forward. We've seen Ake play some games, Vardiol play others. I mean, Akanji keeps starting, but that might not be the case once John Stones is back. So we just don't quite know what's going to happen with the Man City defense. I just don't feel like there's enough upside there to warrant that headache. So if you are looking for a defender, it's Newcastle. They've got Sheffield United away game week six, Burnley at home game week seven, then it's West Ham away, Crystal Palace at home, Wolves away. I think looking at those fixtures, they could get at least two to three clean sheets. Would I be surprised if they got four? Sheffield United, Burnley, Palace at home and Wolves away? Not completely, but either way, I think they're a good bet over the next five weeks. After that, They've got Arsenal at home in game week 11, which is going to be very tough to get that those clean sheet points. But then it's Bournemouth away in game week 12. So from game week 6 to 12, there's only one week where I'd really be worried about playing them. Therefore, they're a pretty decent long-term option. If we want to think even further ahead, maybe some of you have wildcarded already or you're thinking about doing it soon, I still think they're a pretty good option. Because like game weeks 13 and 14, they got back-to-back -back home games against Chelsea and Man United. Maybe that's not ideal, but then it's Everton away. Okay, then they play Spurs away, but then it's Fulham at home, Luton away, Forest at home. And if you've got someone like Botman, he's definitely cheap enough to bench. So I think we should all be looking at Newcastle defenders if we need defender replacements. In terms of who to go for, it really comes down to how much money you've got to spend and what that might stop you doing or allow you to do moving forward. So I think Trippier is worth the extra two million as long as you don't need that 2 million over the next few weeks. And that's something to think about. I think wildcard is also something to give consideration to because 
one of the reasons to wildcard for me around game weeks 9 or 10 is to get Salah quite easily while also replacing, you know, certain players that might be on the periphery. Like, it'd be really nice to get rid of Jordan Pickford when his good fixtures have gone and get Salah and maybe change a few other things around. But if I think I can manage that without a wild card by getting Botman instead of Trippier, maybe that could be worth it. Because that 2 million price difference is quite big. Right, and there are a lot of people out there that maybe don't have that money. So I think in that scenario, Botman is perfectly fine. Some people are worried about rotation with Trippier. I've spoken about that over the last few game weeks. I don't think it's going to be as big an issue as people are making out. And I think at a time when a lot of people are worried about the lack of clean sheets because of the added time at the end of halves and stuff like that, maybe we do want more attacking defenders. And it doesn't get much more attacking than Trippier. So I still really like him. I can't sit here and tell you right now I'm definitely going to buy him because there's a few things for me to think about. But if not, I'm perfectly happy with Botman. I think he's absolutely nailed on. I don't think he misses any games because of Champions League. And he's only 4.5 million. And yes, his attacking threat is quite low, but he's always got the chance of picking up bonus points as well. The other player, obviously, in the middle of the two is Fabian Scher. And I really like him as well. I don't know whether he would be rotated. I mean, I guess when you've got fixtures like... Sheffield United away, Burnley at home. If you're going to rotate any defenders, they are the fixtures to do it in. But they would have to bring in someone like Lascelles. And I just don't know how likely that is to happen. Like Newcastle fans were saying pre-season they were looking for replacements for Fabian Scher, but obviously that hasn't happened. So I just don't see why you would break up that centre-back partnership. Do they need as much rest because of Champions League? Probably not. So if I, I think for 0.5 million, a lot of people are going to ask me, is he worth the extra? And it's similar to the Trippier conversation. If you don't need that 0.5 million for anything moving forward, then I'd absolutely spend it on getting Cher instead of Botman because he does have genuine attacking threat from set pieces. Of course, Botman goes up for the set pieces. He could get a goal as well, but it's usually Cher that's the most attacking. So yeah, I think I think it's just a matter of, it's not a matter of should you get Newcastle defenders, it's which one you should buy. And that all comes down to your kind of plans moving forward. Right now, I think I'm less likely to get Trippier because I just don't have the money to do it. But if, for example, Chilwell was a doubt to start in game week six because obviously he didn't play in game week five, and I want to change Saliba, who's got Spurs at home, then I might even go for the double up, Trippier and Botman. I really don't think that's out of the question. And I don't think there's too many issues with blocking Newcastle attackers either. I'll talk about them later. But put it this way, if I go for double Newcastle defence, I'm not worried that I can't get to double Newcastle attack. So, yeah, big fan. Didn't get them last week. Almost certainly going to bring at least one in in game week six. So next up is Julian Alvarez, who has returned seven times in the first five matches. And there was a decision to be made in game week three for me. I was always leaning towards Jackson, but I did consider Alvarez. He was only 6.6 .6 million at that point, had Sheffield United away, and I decided to go for Jackson. Alvarez blanked against Sheffield United. Jackson scored against Luton at home. And I thought to myself, maybe you've made a good decision there. Since then, I think Alvarez is up like 16 points over the next couple of game weeks, and he's looking good. And the thing I like about him is his minutes, right? One of the reasons that I didn't go for him in game week three because I was worried about possible rotation, especially when the Champions League starts. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But we'll look at the minutes he's had so far. 90 against Burnley, 90 against Newcastle, 90 against Sheffield United, only 89 against Fulham, and another 90 against West Ham. His minutes are great. And as I said on, I think I said it on the stream yesterday, on the knee-jerk stream, people assumed that when De Bruyne was out, Foden was going to be the one because of his creativity and stuff like that. But I think Alvarez is the De Bruyne replacement. And if you look at last season, 
Whenever De Bruyne missed out, it was usually Alvarez that played in that number eight role. Now, I did talk about early on in the season, is he as good there as if he was playing number nine? I still think the answer is probably no. But for the price he is and the team he's playing in and the returns he's getting, you can hardly really make an argument against him. Now, is the minutes, or sorry, are the minutes going to change when Champions League starts? Possibly. But Man City's group is also pretty good. So could he get some rest in some of those games? I mean, it's difficult to know that for sure, because if you're going to rest a player, surely you rest Haaland. And if you rest him, you probably want your other number nine playing instead. So it could be that his minutes get managed a little bit more moving forward. But I think from everything we've seen so far... He is one of the first names on the team sheet at the moment. Obviously, when Grealish is fit, he could play left, and Foden could play central with Bernardo Silva or whoever it might be, and Alvarez could get benched. But so far, we haven't really seen that. The, the thing that really worries me is Pep Guardiola said that Alvarez is almost undroppable, and I feel like when managers say that, that just means a drop-in is coming. Like Look at the Chilwell comments from Pochettino before the game at the weekend, saying how well he'd been playing in that left-wing role, creating loads of chances, then bam, he's benched against Bournemouth, possibly for a knock, and I'll talk about that later. But these little comments that managers make, I mean, that should tell me Alvarez is playing brilliant, and he and Pep knows that, and he wants to keep playing him. But I can't help as an FPL manager think that when Pep says someone's undroppable, they're going to get dropped. If we look at the fixtures, if you're going to go for Alvarez, it really feels like you've got to get him this week. I actually think like Wolves away, Man City will score. Arsenal away, that is the trickiest run of the next, oh sorry, trickiest game of the next six fixtures. Can they score in that game? Absolutely, but I wouldn't expect them to score a huge amount. But outside of that, Brighton still not kept a clean sheet. Man United scored against them at home. Could have scored another one as well, I would say. Man City will definitely get chances. Man United away is definitely not a bad fixture for Man City. And then they got Bournemouth at home in game week 11. So you've got three home games in the next six, Forest, Brighton, Bournemouth. Three away games, Wolves and Man United are fine. It's really just the Arsenal game. I mean, if we look longer term than that, after game week 11, then it's Chelsea away, Liverpool at home, Spurs at home. Maybe at that point, you start to think about getting rid of Man City players. Probably not Haaland, but everyone outside of that. But at that point, you've got six game weeks more of data. You can reassess at that point. If Alvarez is still playing... I'm sure he's not going to play 90 minutes every game, but if he's playing 75 to 80 plus still at that point, for someone that you got at 6.8 million, or maybe even below in some cases, he's not necessarily going to be a rush to get rid of anyway. So he could even be a slightly long-term pick. I'm, I'm cautious about saying that too much, because we've been here so many times with Man City players. We think they're nailed on, and then they get benched, but it is enticing with the minutes he's had, the numbers he's putting up, 0.38 expected goals per 90, 0.25 expected assists. Pretty good, I would say, even if he's playing the kind of more, not reserve role, but he's not playing as a number nine. The other thing to kind of note, and these are more small details, if Haaland, I don't think he's going to get benched, right? We saw that last year. He never got rested in the Premier League. But if he was to come off around the 60th minute and Alvarez was to stay on, he then plays number nine. But not just that, he's also then on penalties as well. We're assuming that Alvarez is second choice to Haaland in the penalty order. So there are quite a few things to like about him. As someone that's got Jackson, it is very tempting. There is a part of me that thinks, am I just chasing points here? But I think if we were starting again this week with all the knowledge we have so far he'd be on everyone's teams right i just think he would so i'm very tempted to make this move this week and i guess if he does get benched once over the next six would that be the end of the world given the other forward 
players that we've got to choose from, like Wilson and Isaac, might be some rotation. Liverpool rotation with the likes of Nunez. You got Watkins for sure, and especially from game week eight, Villa fixtures look really good. But he's also a lot more money, like over one million more. And I do think that the funds are like right now. I keep saying your money doesn't matter, money doesn't matter. But if you want Trippier and you want Salah and you want to keep Haaland, suddenly that money does matter, and it's going to get a bit tighter. So yeah, I, I'm quite keen to get him in. But there is another forward that we should talk about. But for anyone that wants Alvarez, I think he looks pretty good. So when I say it out loud, this is going to sound really stupid. But if I do need to make a forward transfer and I don't go for Julian Alvarez, another player that I'm looking at is Carlton Morris. And I agree, right? It doesn't sound great at all. Instead of going for the Man City forward in Alvarez, I'm going for the Luton forward in Morris. But they do have a double game week coming up in game week seven. Now, the argument that's always made, and I completely get it, is... Why are you picking bad players just because they've got an extra fixture? But that extra fixture is information we should take into account. Even if he gets no returns whatsoever in terms of assists and goals, as long as he gets no yellow card, that's already four points, even before he gets one return. So even one goal with bonus across two games could be 10 points. So I agree, in general, I wouldn't want a Luton forward. But the fact they've got a double does matter. It should at least come into your thinking it doesn't mean that the conclusion has to be that morris is essential and you've got to buy him but you should think about that double when you're making your decisions over the next few weeks the other thing about if you need to make a forward transfer this week is they've got wolves at home and it's a pretty good fixture i would say then you've got the double which is great everton away burnley at home that's precisely the kind of double you would want i mean it could be better right Luton at home and burnley at home or Luton at home everton at home etc but on paper it's pretty good then you've got Spurs at home game week eight, Nottingham Forest away in game week nine. To be honest with you, I wouldn't want to be holding someone like Morris longer term than that. So you've also got to think about what your plans are going to be in terms of wildcard, future transfers and all that kind of stuff. I still haven't decided when I want to wildcard. Right now, if I had to guess, I would say game week 10, but it could be eight, it could be nine, it could be longer term. And that will play into my thinking about whether or not i get morris like if you're dead set on wildcarding in game week eight i think that makes morris an even better option because you've only got to hold him for two game weeks you get wolves at home everton away burnley at home and then you can wildcard him out if you're wildcarding in game week nine okay it makes him slightly worse because you've got spurs at home but over three game weeks he's still got four fixtures if you're going game week 10 like me okay it gets slightly worse then because you're holding a Luton player for three to four game weeks but you've got nottingham forest away so it's not that bad if you're not going to wildcard till much later like game week 19 or something like that and you don't want to have to use a transfer to get him in and take him straight back out that's perfectly fine right i i love double game weeks and i like to load up as much as possible but even i'm not getting too excited about one for luton and burnley the other thing to talk about is his underlying numbers right taking these from fantasy football hub they're awful really bad right 0.06 expected goals from open play obviously he is on penalties that is one of the uh, kind of pluses to him as an FPL player and his expected assist of 0.16 now to be fair Luton have had some pretty bad fixtures but they are still not very encouraging numbers so so far they've played Brighton away Chelsea away West Ham at home and Fulham away the Fulham game is probably the easiest one they've had and he put up 0.09 expected goals total and no expected assists Luton are just not a very good team. I think we all agree on that, compared to the other Premier League teams at, at least. So this is not a player that I would want to be stuck with. I think for me, it really depends on, like I said, wildcard, but also when you're transferring him in. 
Like, if you had to make a forward transfer this week between Alvarez and Morris, would I take Forrest at home, Wolves away for Alvarez over the three fixtures for Morris? Possibly. If I was going in game week seven, I'd definitely take the double game week. As long as I had transfers to deal with it afterwards or I was wildcarding soon, I would just want to take that gamble on the two fixtures. For a player that is on penalties, he could play awful and still get a penalty and come away with returns there. So, yeah, Morris is on the watch list. When the when the news was first announced about the double, I was like, I'm definitely going to get him in. I am getting less and less sure about that, to be honest. And that's not like me for double gaming. So that kind of tells you how good these players are as options. The other player that I'm going to look at, and obviously we can assess him after the game uh, against Forrest tonight, is Lyle Foster of Burnley. Now, their double game week isn't quite as good. It's, what is it, Newcastle away, Luton away. But they get to play Luton, so that's one plus. Uh, before that, they got Man United at home. Afterwards, it's Chelsea at home. But he's only 5 million. So if you got into a position where you wanted to bench him most weeks and you've got other players that you could play instead, that wouldn't be so bad, especially if you've still got your wild card at some point to kind of deal with it. And he's actually done a little bit better than Morris so far. He's played three times, so Man City at home, Villa at home, Spurs at home. Again, not great fixtures, and he's already scored twice. Uh, and his underlying numbers have not been as bad, like 0.28 expected goals per 90. Don't get me wrong, that's still not great compared to a lot of other forwards. And I know he's a lot cheaper, but he's still taking up a spot in your team. It's, it's similar to, you know, there might be a really good cheap midfielder that's performing well, but it's not about the value. It's also about the fact they take up a midfield spot. I don't want to replace any of the midfielders that I've got. And so you've got to think about that with forwards. So Foster and Morris are on the watch list. I think it really depends when I transfer them in. If I go this week, I'll probably go for Alvarez, but I reckon by Saturday I could talk myself into going for Morris and then absolutely regretting it later on. So I just want to go through some of the notes that I made over the weekend. Gabriel Martinelli went off injured versus Everton. I actually felt a little bit for owners of Martinelli because he scored a goal and it was a really nice finish. It gets ruled out for offside. It was quite close, but it was offside, so it was fair enough to rule it out. But then he gets injured straight away and Trossard comes on for him. So it wasn't a great couple of minutes for Martinelli owners. We don't yet know how bad that injury is. I think Arteta after the game said he felt something in his hamstring. So we don't know how many games he may or may not miss. We'll have to wait for an update, uh, obviously, in the press conference. Plus, Arsenal have got Champions League this week. So we will hear from Arteta kind of twice before game week six. If he is out, there's obviously a couple of things to think about. One, who's his replacement? And two, a lot of people on stream yesterday asked me whether Trossard almost becomes essential. I would say definitely not, mostly because of the fixtures that Arsenal now have. Like, I've got Saka. I don't plan to sell him for Spurs at home, Bournemouth away. Like, they're okay fixtures. But after that, you've got Man City at home, Chelsea away. It just doesn't feel like the right time to bring in an Arsenal attacker. Obviously, if Martinez ruled out for a long time, like six to eight weeks or something like that, and you want to keep, um, or sorry, you want to bring an Arsenal attacker in and just keep them for the longer term, then fair enough. Because game week 10, they got Sheffield United at home, Newcastle away, Burnley at home, Brentford away, etc. Uh, but I don't know, like Trossard's 6.6 million is great value if this was the perfect time to bring in Arsenal attackers. I just don't know if it is. If you're taking out Martinelli, who should you bring in? It's quite interesting because obviously all the talk has been about Spurs players the last couple of weeks. But now they've got Arsenal away, Liverpool at home. So you might have Madison and Son and not want to sell them. That's perfectly fine. But I don't think it's the right time to bring them in. Obviously, it depends how much money you've got. Two personal favourites of mine would be Mbermo. He's less money than Martinelli. 
Got Everton at home this week, then Forest away. Pretty good fixtures. Man United away, who have been, uh, again, a shambles defensively. And then Burnley at home game week nine. I do think the window to buy in Burmo is slowly going. I think if you're going to get him, this is the week. But he's one you could look at. And also, if you've got the money, I know that, again, people are going to think this is stupid. Man United attackers. It would not be the worst time to buy them. Yes, they've not done great so far. Rashford's on three attack and return, so one less than Madison. Obviously, Fernandez uh, has only returned in one game so far. But they've got Burnley away, back-to-back home games against Palace and Brentford, and then Sheffield United away in game week nine. And even longer term now, I'm not going to go through it again, but they've got some pretty good fixtures as well. So <laughs> I know people aren't really hot on Man United attackers right now, but it might not be the worst time. I'll talk about that a bit more uh, in the other videos this week. Chilwell was bench versus Bournemouth. Now, Pochettino, I think before and after the game, said essentially that was tactical, right? They wanted Mudrick in that left-wing position instead. But the commentator during the game said that he had a slight knock and that is what Pochettino has said so I don't know if it got lost in translation or the commentator just got it wrong but we should wait and see what happens this week and what Pochettino says about Chilwell if he's going to play against Villa at home whether it's left wing or left back I don't really mind that but if he's a doubt then he's got to go because the Chelsea fixtures that are good are starting to run out right they've got um, Villa at home this week then it's Fulham away, Burnley away. But then it's Arsenal, Brentford, Spurs, Man City, Newcastle, right? You don't want many, many, if any, Chelsea players for that run. So if he's in any way a doubt this week, I think he's probably not got to be sold because you might have other defenders you can play. But there's a good, ch- there's a good reason to do that and probably Newcastle defenders, right? Uh, Rico Henry got injured versus Newcastle. Again, talked about cheap defenders quite a lot, but just keep that in mind. Salah returns again. Um, we, talk- we spoke a lot about him on the stream yesterday. We know the guy's good. There's a reason he's 12.5 million. No one was in any doubt that he was going to score and assist plenty of goals. Sorry, yeah, score lots of goals and assist plenty as well. Um, I think it's just interesting that all of a sudden it seemed like you have to get him and you've got to take hits to get him in because he scored 10 points. I think about the three ma- three or four matches before that, it wasn't so high. People weren't clamoring to get him. I think there is a time to get Salah. And I think if you've got the transfers and the money to do it now, it's not necessarily a bad decision. But it's really game week nine onwards where it's going to be really important. Uh, European matches start this week. So obviously keep that in mind with early transfers. I don't think this means that you should never make an early transfer. But I think you need to be 100% sure it's the move you want to make. And the money needs to be really tight. If you're going to maybe lose 0.1 million, but you can still make the move afterwards, I'd be more inclined most times to just wait for the matches to finish like champions league europa league etc then make your decision but for me for example if i want to do Chilwell and saliba to botman and trippy i've got the exact money so if there is going to be a price change it's going to affect that i might go early even before newcastle have played but if you're not in that position i really would just wait until friday to hear the press conferences and obviously watch the final thoughts video as well um nicholas jackson is one yellow card away from suspension five games four of them have been one pointers this guy's not been good. It was a really bad game for Chelsea. I think they've looked okay in most games so far. Against Bournemouth, they were not good. Maybe it's partly international break. I don't think there were a lot of teams that looked great this week. Brighton, obviously, Man City. But a few teams kind of were, were a bit lethargic, maybe. Like, even Arsenal in the first half, I didn't think were particularly great uh, against Everton. Second half, much better. Um, so I'm not, I'm not trying to make excuses for Jackson. If you want to sell him, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. We've just looked at the fixtures. Villa at home, Fulham away, Burnley away. If you had to keep him or you had other fires to power, I don't think it's the end of the world. But if he picks up another yellow card against Villa, he's suspended for game week seven anyway. So he's one away from a one-game suspension, which is pretty mad. 
Um, Spurs have obviously got Arsenal away, Liverpool, I've just spoken about that. Probably not the right time to bring them in. I have seen people now thinking about wildcarding because of such a bad week, and they seem to be including Madison as a reason to wildcard. Now, to be fair, if you were wildcarding, you wouldn't necessarily include a triple up on Spurs because of Arsenal away, Liverpool at home. But I don't think that's reason enough alone to start thinking about a wild card. We knew they had these fixtures. Obviously, a few weeks ago, Madison's kind of been talked about as essential. I think he's okay to hold through these, but I wouldn't buy. Uh, I think there's other midfielders you can go for instead. Uh, Wilson started instead of Izak. That's a problem for me. I just would avoid both of them, I reckon. I don't know if it's going to be as simple as one plays Champions League, one plays Premier League. I think we're just going to see minutes managed and, and a bit of rotation there. If one gets injured or a knock or something like that, different conversation. But right now, I'm probably going to ignore both. Rashford, again, talked about just a minute ago. Six shots inside the box. An assist ruled out by mere centimetres. Did come close to getting another return. And if he got one, he'd then be on the same matter returns as Madison. And I think perception is interesting. Everyone thinks that Man United has played awful. And to be fair, they've not been great. And Spurs have been amazing. Yet as an individual FPL option, Rashford's only one return behind Madison. He's also got better fixtures. So if you've got him, I can't see any reason to sell him before Burnley away. And then lastly, Haaland, 2.56 expected goals on his own against West Ham. How he only came away from that game with six points is absolutely mad. If you didn't captain him, you should probably buy a lottery ticket because that could have gone a lot worse. Does it change our thoughts going forward? Not really. He's going to be the ca- uh, best captain most weeks over the next three to four weeks. After that, the conversation will get a little bit different with Salah. But for now, he's got Forrest at home. That is an easy captain. So there's some of my um, early thoughts and kind of watch list players as well. If you've enjoyed that video, make sure to give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Make sure to check out Fantasy Football Hub. All the links you need are in the description below. And if you're on podcast, please do rate five stars and leave a review if you're enjoying the content. Otherwise, I'll catch you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network.